reaching across the country for the biggest sports news this weekend. From Atlanta to Seattle, from Boston to L.A., this is Big Sports Radio. Big Sports Radio on the air once again. Hopefully you're having a great Thanksgiving weekend, whether wherever you are, if you're in Boston or Atlanta or L.A. or Seattle, Chicago, uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, you're in Ohio, Iowa, Michigan, Jacksonville, Illinois. Glad you're with us uh, here on the show. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. We've got a lot to talk about here coming up. How about, of course, we start at the top, Michigan and Ohio State. We'll spend a lot of time here in the next hour talking about the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. Michigan, it's unbelievable. 11-0 and for the first time ever under Jim Harbaugh. And they've won more games these last two seasons than any other two-year stretch in school history. High times up in Ann Arbor. But again, does it mean anything if you don't get the win in Columbus on Saturday? It may not. I mean, honestly, people aren't going to remember the 11 wins. They're going to remember that one loss to the Buckeyes. And, and they're, uh, you know, Michigan's a seven and a half point underdog in this one. So Ohio State's the favorite. Um, and I think that makes sense based on what we've seen. I don't think Michigan's healthy enough. You know? So interestingly enough, you know, you saw the other day, uh, Michigan loses uh, Blake Corum basically in the second half. He has one carry in the second half against Illinois. And now you wonder, what if he's not healthy? Because this is not the same team without him at running back. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Michigan's able to get healthy, if he's healthy enough to, because they have to out physical Ohio state to beat them. They're not going to beat them throwing the ball around 50 times and getting in a shootout because that's plays right into Ohio state's hands. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a great game. I mean, con- contrasting styles, you got um, the two coaching staffs that, that they may, they may respect one another but they don't appear to like one another very much. Um, They're, they're different molds, you know, speed, athleticism, sleek, you know, that's kind of the Ohio state. And then you got the smash mouth Wolverines, Um, you know, and here you have Ohio state, you know, they're going for their sixth big 10 championship game appearance. And of course, uh, Michigan's looking for a repeat trip to get there, you know, to defend the 2021 title. There's so many great storylines. Um, and again, it's been a long time since since Michigan's won at Ohio State. I think both teams, ironically, are coming into this game with a feeling of confidence. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Smash Mouth. almost broke out of a song. I think you're going to yeah. take another. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> you're an all-star. You're an all-star. <laughs> so we're getting our game on uh, here on BSR. It's uh, a noon kickoff on Fox uh, on Saturday. Um, third time that these two have met when they both were ranked in the top three, uh, all three of those games just uh, by coincidence have been uh, at Ohio Stadium. We're going to talk a lot about this uh, matchup here coming up uh, in this next hour. We'll have insiders from both sides. Uh, Clayton Safety from the Wolverine.com is going to join us. Kevin Noon from BuckeyeHuddle.com as well. We will talk uh, with them. And again, as the guys mentioned, uh, the winner goes on to win the East, goes to Indianapolis next week as the overall favorite to win the uh, Big Ten Championship and the inside track um, to uh, one of the four coveted spots in the college football playoff. The loser still has a shot at it, but we'll discuss more about that here uh, in just a little bit. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State. Guys, you know, it's funny that it seems like that, again, these two uh, were just destined to be here. I mean, you, there's really no other way that uh, that you can put it. Um, and, and I think, again, we're going to talk to these guys and kind of get some more information 
um, on just how this goes. And by the way, in case you're wondering, um, uh, Ohio State has not lost at home to Michigan since 2000. Uh, they hold a, a slight advantage in Columbus. Incredibly, how even as this series in all of the Michigan Ohio State games played at Ohio Stadium, they are dead even. Michigan's won 24 wow. times. Ohio State's won 24 times with one tie. Wow, that's insane when you think about that. You all these games that comes out even, but that's they've been they've been the big two. Remember they were the big two in little eight yeah. back in the day. I mean, yeah. so this has been the story. And you know, to be honest, before last weekend, you know, M- Michigan had the scare against Illinois where it came down to the last play. But to be honest, that's really if you look at these the seasons for these teams. That's really the only true scare. There's some games that look closer maybe on paper than they were. That's the only true scare either team has had this entire season where you really thought, hey, they might lose this game in the fourth quarter. And and so this is this is going to be interesting because if it does come down to that, Michigan does have the experience of making those winning plays in a game. Ohio State really hasn't had to do that all year. No, and, and I also think their confidence playing at home, you know, the last time they lost – a Big Ten game at Ohio Stadium was 2015. Oh. So they, they have literally won 29 consecutive conference home games. So, you know, that, that that's like, I mean, you know, there's there's conf- there's teams in the conference that, that have never won, you know, anything close to that. Um, and, and so they've got to be looking at this. You know, I think Ohio State wants to turn this into a track meet and Michigan wants to maul them. I, I, again, I, to me, this is going to be fantastic and get your popcorn, get your, whatever you're going to eat, get there in the first quarter. Cause I think the fireworks are going to start like right at the opening kickoff. Oh yeah. And we're going to talk about all the games, uh, the big games this weekend to me by far, this is the game and some other good games that noon Eastern time slot. This is the one that I'm watching. Uh, there's no question. Hey, before we go to break a little quick um, Michigan trivia for you, um, you talked about, um, uh, Michigan needing three field goals in the fourth quarter last week to beat Illinois. Um, and so I'm sure there's some concern there among Wolverines fans that they had to really struggle trailing in the fourth quarter for the first time all season. But that win was win number 72 for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. He passes the great Fritz Chrysler, for whom the basketball arena is named for, for third all-time, uh, make that fourth all-time, I'm sorry, on the all-time coaching list, Bo 194, Fielding Yost at 165, and Lloyd Carr, 122 wins. And then it's Jim Harbaugh after that. He uh, was in a tie with Chrysler. Larry, why is the basketball arena named after a football coach? I, I can't answer that. Could could maybe, um, if Harbaugh wins a few more games, maybe they could name the tennis facility after him. There you go. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe. The Harbaugh khakis, khakis and tennis racket. I mean, that's just, I love it. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because Michigan basketball was really bad. Uh, I don't know. Johnny Orr came along too late. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the world may never know. Let's ask the owl on the tree. Maybe he can tell us. Yeah. Uh, all right. Stay with us. We've got a lot more coming up. Just getting started. This is Big Sports Radio. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 
877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day call right now for your free home security consultation 800-613-8053-800-613-8053-800-613-8053 that's 800-613-8053 Look around the Big Ten, Larry, Mike, and Brad right now. And, of course, uh, as we've been talking, it is the big game uh, for the 118th meeting. It's the Wolverines and Buckeyes, Michigan and Ohio State, three versus two. Um, It's the first time since 2006 that they have met in the game with matching 11-0 records. Yeah, this might be a big game. I I think the winner of this one's in the college football playoff, no matter what happens in the Big Ten title game, just because they'll have that head-to-head win. But, uh, yeah, this is a game to for a chance to win a national title if you win this game, uh, most likely. Um, doesn't mean the loser's totally out, but I would say that you, you feel pretty good if you win this one. And uh, Ohio State is favored, seven and a half point favorite. I think the Buckeyes are, you know, have the, you know, it, with when there's not terrible conditions, um, like against Northwestern, their offense has been pretty explosive all year. So uh, can Michigan keep up with them? Yeah, and, and I, I look at it as a game that's going to be decided early. I think Michigan's going to try to, you know, me- physically punch them at Ohio State in the mouth. And I think they're going to try to establish their dominance on both lines, pressure Stroud. Um, if they can't do that, um, Ohio State scores by the air. And I'm pretty certain that um, Michigan won't be able to keep up with them. So, this this could be a game that we see a pattern that tells us who's the winner, and that might be relatively early in the first quarter. Noon Eastern kickoff on Saturday, and that is the big game on Fox. They're going to have their uh, you know big pregame show uh, there at Ohio Stadium. By the way, nine Big Ten teams have already clinched bowl berths uh, by reaching six victories this season. That includes Iowa and the Hawkeyes. Um, you know they play Friday at four o'clock. We're recording the show before the game, so we can allow everyone. Uh, all of our partners to enjoy the holiday with their families. Um, so if you're listening to this on a Saturday, we already know the results. Um, but Iowa and the team we've kind of made fun of for their putrid offense, if they beat Nebraska, they're in. They're in the, they win the West. I mean, who would have thunk it? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. A team that's 243rd in points scored per game <laughs> could win the Big Ten. <laughs> and that's out of the 14 Big Ten teams. They're 243rd. No, I'm just, <laughs> that's, that's a, but no, but they, what they are, they are seventh in points allowed per game. So that's why they're good. And, you know, they don't have very good offense, but at the same time, you know, this is a great defense. This is, a, I think this is one of the best defenses of the country, if not the best. So, um, yeah, I, I, I you know, but the one thing is 
when you don't score a bunch of points, you keep playing these low scoring games. You saw that with Iowa earlier. They've lost a couple of these games like against Illinois because they don't have enough offense. And so I think the Hawkeyes will give Nebraska a chance to win this game. Now, whether Nebraska can get it done is they probably can't, but they will have an opportunity. And Mickey Joseph, of course, is playing for big um, stakes there as he is looking at having, um, you know, trying to get the job. Of course, we heard rumors earlier in the week that Matt Rule turned down the job. Could could Coach Joseph end up uh, getting a long-term deal based on a big victory over Iowa? Well, the one thing Nebraska uh, doesn't do very well is is play defense, and so I guess that's that bodes bodes well for Purdue. They've given up a ton of points, um, and Iowa doesn't score many points, so we'll see what happens. That's a right away Friday, four p.m. kickoff Eastern time. Uh, Purdue at Indiana, the other team right now. Iowa and Purdue sitting um, atop. Uh, the Big Ten West. Remember, Iowa beat Purdue a couple of weeks ago, so they hold the tiebreak in that one. Uh, the Bullemakers at Indiana and uh, trying to, to get a win again. A bowl berth already clinched, but trying to uh, keep alive uh, their chances again if uh, if Iowa falls against the Huskers. Yeah, you know, and then we, you know, the team with a worse offense than uh, Iowa is Northwestern. They're scoring fewer points a game. Um, and then, and actually a team with a better defense than Iowa in points allowed per game is right. Illinois at fourth in the country. So um, it's going to be, you know, I don't know if the Wildcats can score enough points to take care of the Illini. Um, the Illini have a, you know, had a, coming off that tough loss at Michigan, um, their team still has an opportunity. And especially if Nebraska pulls that upset that we play at the same time as Purdue, Indiana, they're still in the hunt to be the big 10 West champion. So, uh, you know, I think the Illini will prevail here. Um, don't think Northwestern can score enough points to keep up. Yeah. Penn state is, is playing against Michigan state. Michigan state has a, has a capable roster. They uh, can, can explode on an individual game, but have not been consistent. Penn state. Meanwhile, has played very consistently throughout the season, only losing to the number two and number three teams in the country. I think they are a stone cold lock on this one and looking for a big time bowl. Um, you know, they can't get in the CFP, but but they'll want to be in a big bowl on January 2nd. Hard to believe that Minnesota and Wisconsin, have, you know, could still clinch a share of the Big Ten West Division title. As crazy as this has been, Wisconsin with the late rally since uh, bringing in a Jim Leonard um, in an interim role and, um, Appears to be on his way up from there. Uh, six and five right now, Minnesota seven and four. Um, the Badgers go in at Camp Randall, a three and a half point favorite in this one. That's a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on ESPN. Yeah, you know, you wonder, like, what is Wisconsin? Like, are they, have they done anything different since Paul Chris left? I don't know. Look like the same team to me. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything magical happen there. But another game, a team, that, the Cinderella team that was started off this season hot was Maryland. But hard times have come for the Terrapins, and uh, they've uh, they've they've struggled of late. They've lost four of the last five. They did get a win over um, Indiana, but um, yeah, I think this is going to be a game where Maryland's at home against a Rutgers team that um, you know is not you know also has the only win they've had in their last five is Indiana. So um, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, this is a battle of the teams that are struggling. I think the Terrapins have too much. They played Ohio State tough. They showed they could, um, you know, at least hang with the Buckeyes a little bit, and I think they take this one and uh, get to seven wins, which would be a great year for Mike Loxley and his crew. Yeah, it would. And it, they, like you said, they've been stuck in that. It seems like stuck in that number six for quite a while. You're exactly right. 
Um, and a valiant effort last week against the Buckeyes. Uh, they're in College Park. Uh, just a reminder, this is the last weekend of the regular season. The Big Ten Championship game is next Saturday, um, December 2nd. That's an 8 p.m. Uh, December 3rd, I should say, 8 p.m. kickoff in Indianapolis. That game is on Fox. And again, it'll be uh, the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game against somebody from the West. And again, <laughs> it could already be Iowa, but literally, uh, the, one of three. Somebody people, from the West. Exactly. Could be Iowa. If Iowa loses and Purdue wins, it's Purdue. If Iowa and Purdue lose and Illinois wins, then it is Illinois. Uh, after do, all, do you think they could just take take Northwestern out and then just put the other teams in a hat and just draw one? Right. <laughs> and it's that's basically the same. And if all three teams lose, it's back to Iowa again. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yes, it is. That's exactly right. Stay with us. Much more to come after this. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-363-7934. 800-363-7934. That's 800-363-7934. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices they can do it for you too what sets neon rain apart they actually deliver on their promises call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com now back to the studio and the guys from big sports radio well, of course, again, the big game of the week is in Columbus, number two, Ohio State, number three, Michigan, both undefeated. Um, and uh, it's just a clash of titans. With more perspective now, we bring back in the friend of the show, Clayton Safio of the Wolverine.com. Clayton, um, nice survival last week to remain uh, undefeated. Uh, Ohio State has their own story of survival. Let's stick with the Wolverines here. Um, to start, this is right where you hope this team would be uh, right about now, uh, undefeated and, and playing for the division title. Yeah, this is everything that Michigan, you know, starting back in January has been talking about getting to this point. Uh, you had, you know, you're always going to have in a, in a season like this, again, you know, some close calls. We saw it last year, uh, Penn State, you know, Nebraska, they were able to get out of those games alive. This year, it didn't come until week 12 in the 11th game of the season, uh, surviving against Illinois. Uh, but they were able to uh, make enough plays at the end to, to get it done. So now here you are and uh, number two versus number three. Both teams undefeated coming in for just the fourth time since 1935. So wow. uh, it's significant. It's one of the biggest games, regular season games 
of this century and really in program history. And uh, it's pretty exciting. Clayton, is there a little bit, I mean, coming in to last weekend, Michigan had kind of been rolling and, um, you know, Illinois gave them a scare. Is there, is that a concern or were they looking ahead? What, what are your thoughts on what happened there? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think it's a little bit of a concern for, um, you know, one, I think Illinois is a good team and I think Illinois played uh, really well for most of that game and obviously wasn't able to finish. But uh, number two, just the health of this Michigan team, you know, Blake Corum in the second half, we saw the difference between the offense, which didn't look great in the first half, but it was a lot better, averaging 6.7 yards of play when he was in and, and about 3.5 when he was out. Uh, but there were other guys banged up as well that were kind of on the fringe of going and weren't able to play, like Mike Boris, uh, their top edge rusher, Luke Schoonmaker, second leading receiver from the tight end spot, uh, and a few others, uh, left guard spot, uh, obviously being a, a concern there. Uh, but I think they're going to get some some guys back this weekend. Harbaugh said all those fringe guys are likely going to play, or at least he was maybe kind of, you know, giving them that nudge to play uh, at his press conference. And I think we'll see that. But really, the big question is Blake Corum, and is he going to be able to go on Saturday? I think it's going to be something that we monitor all week long and even in the press box on Saturday to see if, one, he made the trip, and two, if he's healthy enough to try to play at probably less than 100%. It seems like um, Michigan has a little bit of an advantage in toughness and aggression in the two lines, both offensive and defensive. Is that the advantage you think that the Wolverines are going to try to press? Yeah, I think it's kind of that same formula that we saw a year ago when Michigan was really played the role of bully in Ohio State. You know, it was a little snowy and it was a cold day. They didn't look like they wanted to be there after uh, you know, things didn't start to go their way early on, like it had, you know, most of the season. They were coming off of a game where they beat Michigan State by almost 50 points. Um, so, yeah, Michigan, I think, is going to try to do that same type of, you know, use that same type of recipe uh, against Ohio State. And we've really seen it play out throughout the, the season. I mean, Ohio State's been very good, but you also look at some of their games. And if you watch, I mean, they get to third and two, they're throwing most of the time. Uh if they're in short yardage, you're seeing teams pick those up on the other side. So, um, you know, physicality, I think, is something that Michigan has done a really good job uh, at being a really physical team since Jim Harbaugh got here in 2015. It's been their identity these last couple of years. It has been the absolute best in his tenure in that regard. And I think Ohio State uh, is trying to get back to that a little bit. But they slipped, I think, last year under Ryan Day. And that's where Michigan kind of wants to take advantage. If Blake Corum can't go or if some of these other guys can't go, at the very least, you need to control the line of scrimmage to give yourself, uh, you know, a chance. Talking with Clayton Safety of the Wolverine.com as we uh, look ahead to Michigan and Ohio State uh, at Ohio Stadium, Saturday noon Eastern kickoff. You know, Clayton, it seems like that, and this is just an outsider, you, you tell me that as much success as Michigan has had over the past year, finally getting past Ohio State, you know, people forget that, you know, just a few weeks before there was talk of Jim Harbaugh not being around because he couldn't beat the Buckeyes. Right. But I mean, he gets that done. You get to the playoff finally. Um, but the one that you haven't done, the Michigan hasn't done is win in Columbus 2000, I believe was the last time that happened. Um, it feels like from the outside looking in, this is really a must win game for Michigan. If the program is going to get over that hump and shake the proverbial monkey off its back. Yeah, I mean, it's a must-win game probably for the playoff as well yeah. this season when you look at it. I mean, the loser of this game likely knocked out, although they did get quite a bit of help over the weekend with Tennessee going down, um, you know, being one thing. Uh, so 
but in terms of the program overall, uh, I mean, sure, it, it's it's absolutely massive. And you're right. I think they can kind of flip this thing over uh, and, and, you know, really take the momentum, not only in this rivalry, but kind of in the Big Ten and take charge. If you look at it, as you always have to around here, from Ohio State's perspective, too, they lose this game. I mean, Ryan Day took over for Urban Meyer, who never lost to Michigan, uh, really reveled in, in beating Michigan. And then he'd be one and two in this game. Um, and I think that there's already kind of some pressure mounting on him as well. So what would his future look like? I, I don't think he'd be fired immediately or anything, but then they got to come up here to Ann Arbor uh, the next season and everything would be riding on that game. So um, there's a lot here. I mean, Michigan has set out to beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten and win the national championship. Uh, they, meet, they beat Michigan State one goal down. But the final three, uh, the pathway there is really through Columbus this weekend. Yeah, do you uh, – so as I kind of looked at, what is the, the the feeling around the program, though, as far as the confidence level? Like, what are, you, what is, what are they thinking at, at Michigan? Are they thinking this is – like, we feel really good about our chances here? Are they thinking, you know, we, this is, this is going to be a really difficult game for us? What are, what are their – what's their mindset? It's a great question. Uh, Jim Harbaugh on Monday – so usually in, in when the games get a little bigger and when the stakes get a little higher, he tightens up a little bit in his press conferences. You get the short answers. Uh, you get really no information at all. He, he has a way of saying nothing, or, you know, <laughs> even with many words. Uh, but it wasn't like that on Monday. He was a little more happy, I guess you could say, a little bit more loose and, and felt really confident. So that's kind of the tone from the top. He's calling this a happy mission. His team is a group of happy warriors, which – not exactly sure what that looks like, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the joy they've, that's the joy they've tried to play with all season. And I think it does kind of fit the personality of some of the leaders on this team, including quarterback JJ McCarthy. But, uh, then you talk to some of the players, uh, just about an hour ago, I got out of a press conference with some of the players and, uh, they were saying that last year's win gave them a little bit more confidence that it was maybe a little more hope in years before that, but, it's more confidence now and they kind of have proven to themselves and proven to the world that they can do it. Uh, now they have to do it down in Columbus, which is very, very tough to do. As you guys mentioned, 2000 was the last time they haven't beat them two years in a row since 99 and 2000. Of course, you got to win on the road to do that. So, uh, you know, there's a lot riding on this, but I do think that this Michigan team is more confident than probably typically are, but, at the same time, you know, I think there's some concern about who's going to be able to suit up as well with Blake Corum and that, you know, kind of being a really big storyline. Well, Clayton, Happy Warriors is Brad and I when we find out there's a buffet that we haven't tried before. So that, that's kind of what that looks like. Um, a question for you. This this game has an, you know, you almost can see the Wolverines throwing a knockout punch early and just beating up Ohio State and kind of getting them to just decide there's easier days, you know. Um, on the other side, if Ohio State comes out and gets ahead, can Michigan catch up to them? I mean, is this really a game that the first quarter could really determine the outcome? I think starting fast is going to be huge in this game for a number of reasons, one of them being controlling the crowd a little bit, taking them out of it. If you know, if Ohio State gets up seven nothing or ten nothing or fourteen nothing, you're going to see that crowd really try to feast on Michigan when they're on offense and be extremely loud and make life miserable for them. 
Uh, at the same time, if Michigan gets out to a fast start, does some doubt start to creep in for Ohio State? And that's what happened a year ago. Michigan got up 7 nothing and, and kind of controlled the, the tenor of that game. So I think it's going to be really important to get out to a fast start. Um, but you're absolutely right when it comes to getting down for Michigan. Uh, we saw them get down, what, seven points against Illinois, and that was quite a struggle. To, to come back, you needed three fourth-quarter field goals, including a game winner with nine seconds to go. This is going to be a little bit different with Ohio State. They have the ability to play you really close for a while, but then you know just kind of pour 21 points on you in, in seven minutes or something like that, and next thing you know, you're digging yourself out of a big hole. Uh, you know, Can the passing game, which has struggled over the last three, four games for Michigan, pick it up and, you know, not to comeback victory. I'm not exactly sure that that's the formula they're going for. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you, you got to be able to win this game in a number of ways. I think Michigan, uh, you know, with a lack of a dominant or your dynamic passing game is, you know, kind of playing with one hand tied behind its back there. Um, but maybe they do come out and, and play, you know, the game of their lives. I think they're going to need some guys to step up and and you become a legend. That, that's what this game really is about as well. You see it on both sides. Aiden Hutchinson and Hassan Haskins last year both had the games of their lives, and, and Michigan came out on top. So it's going to take an extraordinary effort, in my opinion. I don't think Michigan's going to win this game, uh, but I think they have a shot. Well, well, it's, uh, it's a game that's great for not just the Big Ten, but for all of college football when you've got these, these two Titans uh, meeting with so much at stake. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan, again, a noon Eastern kickoff. Clayton Safety of TheWolverine.com. Uh, always love your stuff. We're big fans when everyone else is listening all over the country to be fans as well. Be sure to check out TheWolverine.com. Clayton, have fun down there at the old horseshoe this weekend. Thanks, guys. I will try. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Thanks you so too. much. Clayton Safety is TheWolverine.com. Be sure to check uh, him out uh, as well. Listening to us uh, in Boston, in L.A., and Atlanta, and Seattle, all parts in between. This is Big Sports Radio. We're back with more after this. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, as we're talking college football now. And some of the, the bigger games to watch this weekend. Let's start at the top with number one. Um you know, Georgia Bulldogs, not much to play for. I mean, this it's kind of funny. This almost isn't even a rivalry anymore. Um, it's so lopsided. Uh, Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Of course, the Yellow Jackets, the big shocker last week, getting the win um, and uh, the upset victory. Noon start this in Athens. We expect the Bulldogs to win pretty easily and cruise into next week's SEC title game in Atlanta with uh, sights set on the college football playoff and defending their national championship. Yeah, I, Georgia Tech still has football. I, that's good. Good to know. I, I was curious there for a while where they're still playing. No, uh, no, the, the Bulldogs just, man, they're dominant, aren't they? They're just such a, a such a good team, and they, they seem to be the class of college football this year. Now, got a lot to get done. Ohio State-Michigan, though, is the game of the week, right? Two and three, head-to-head in Columbus, uh, Michigan-Ohio State. It's always a big game, even when they're unranked, but first time they're both 11-0 since 2006. Man, what what a fun atmosphere! I know Mike wants them to play earlier in the year, but I, I'm like I'm thinking, let's do it at the end every year. It's so much fun. Yeah, well, that, I'm just thinking about uh, the Big Ten and the CFP. Um, TCU's playing Iowa State. Here, here we've got TCU. Really, um, they avoided the upset last week against Baylor. I think they've made it now um, past their rocky time. I think I, I see them, you know, cruising into the Big 12 championship game. 
Yeah, talking about, again, the, the big four that happened uh, on Tuesday night is, uh, you know, those are the big four right now, right? Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and then TCU uh, is, is number four. But there's some other teams really watching this weekend to see um, what they can do in case some of these others uh, slip up. One, of course, is LSU. Uh, the Tigers are coming in at number five. They've already clinched um, the SEC West. They will meet Georgia in Atlanta next week. Um, at Texas A&M, they're, they're – I think only like I think it's maybe a seven digits. I'm not sure a seven figure or a seven point uh, favorite in this one. It's the spread going into this one um, is not what you'd expect considering the, the type of seasons that each of these teams have had. Yeah, Texas A&M massive disappointment, really. I mean, if you think about where they were ranked to start the season, but they're dangerous. You know, you never know. You put th- those Aggies can be dangerous when uh, they're up against the wall. But then this, if there's a number two game of the week, it's this one. It's USC and Notre Dame. Uh-huh. If the Trojans, they still have a chance to make the college football playoff. I, I really believe that if they win out, and that means beating Notre Dame, and then taking care of business in the Pac-12 title game, that they're going to be in the college football playoff first time for, for a Pac-12 team to get there or not. When was the last time? It's been a while, you know? So um, first time for USC to be in the four-team playoff. So I, I think this is uh, this is a great game. Notre Dame has already shown they can beat, play with anybody, right? I mean, uh, they, they've really played well late, and they, they just hammered Clemson. I mean, just uh, just complete beat down just a few weeks ago. Um, they, they were one of the, you know, they're one of their losses to a, pretty darn good Ohio state team. So I think this Notre Dame team can beat beat them. If, if things go right, um, if they can slow down Caleb Williams from UFC. Yeah. And of course you've got the other 11 o'clock game Clemson and South Carolina. Um, so the Southeast can watch that or the Georgia game, the rest of the country be watching the big 10 Ohio state versus Michigan. But I think, you know, South Carolina comes in with the, you know, huge victory um uh, last week and now they you know wiping out Tennessee can they pull a second big upset and knock Clemson out of position to um maybe move up with an upset or two this week I think it's an intriguing game I don't know that South Carolina can put that together two weeks in a row but I'm also not that impressed with Clemson overall compared to teams of the past yeah, I tell you, that Tennessee defense made Spencer Rattler look like, you know, Peyton Manning. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, first off, the kid, this is the talent that we saw coming out of high school. I mean, the kid can play. Yep. Uh, boy, he could throw it. He throws a nice ball. Uh, but it was almost like a scrimmage. It was almost like a pro day. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. he telegraphed it. Listen, he's going to go out 12 yards, and then he's going to cut to the right. All right, here we go on three. <laughs> you know? yeah. Defense said, okay, and they just let it happen. Um it was nuts. But of course, then again, South Carolina throwing like up 25 with four minutes left. They're still throwing for touchdowns too. So uh, kind of a little padding the stats there. Um, you know, the other game that, that I guess right now doesn't uh, mean as much, although Brad is, you know, again, he said, Hey, hang on a second. Uh, number seven, Alabama against Auburn in the annual iron bowl, always one of the, the best games of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, and the reason why is because these two are so competitive. This will be only the third time in the past 15 years. Um, that neither will be SEC West champions. Um, that's how dominant these two programs have been. But right now they're just playing for pride. But Brad, as you mentioned, Alabama may they still have a shot uh, if things fall right to get into that fourteen playoff. Honestly, it isn't that crazy to see a scenario where you know when you look at the rankings, Alabama's currently seventh. You know LSU is going to play Georgia, so let's say LSU loses. That takes nine six. You got Michigan or Ohio State playing. I still think the losers ahead of them, but I think if LSU loses, if USC loses to Notre Dame, 
And then if TCU loses one game, even a one loss TCU team, I think is ranked behind a two loss Alabama team. Um, and so now you're looking at this, start looking at this thing and you say, wait a second, they've lost to these games. They start sliding up that they, they slide into that top four possibly, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, but I, I think it is possible for them to be that fourth team in the playoff. If things shake right. And, you know, the crazier things have certainly happened uh, down the stretch when we get into these playoff scenarios. So Alabama, I mean, I don't think they are one of the best four teams. Of course, maybe they are. I don't know. But they're they're not in that elite group. But yet, at the same time, they're, they, have, they have the name. And, of course, the, the conspiracy theorists will be out if they do get it as the first two-loss team to make the playoff. Well, and, and look, if Ohio State or Michigan, one of them pulls a blowout, uh, a blowout like they did last year, that may hurt them. Um, and then, you know, if Matt Campbell, who was the – candidate for every job in the world at the start of the season he needs an upset victory over tcu to maybe give him those opportunities and again i think you're right brad especially when you factor in the championship games which could you know have another wrinkle with a couple more losses i i wouldn't be shocked to see alabama in the playoff as much as larry is super excited and rooting for it <laughs> well, you know how outspoken I was, and Alabama met met a third place Alabama met LSU in the uh, the game that brought on finally the college football playoff. It was the lowest watched uh, title game in nine years because again, it was a third place team playing a number one team. The number one team had already beat the third place team. Uh, there's a test into the show, but yeah, there's no question about that. And like, guys, but I agree with you guys. Nobody slides up like Alabama. So <laughs> greater things have happened. Stay with us. Much more to come after a quick timeout. Big Sports Radio continues. And again, the big game this week is, as uh, Keith Jackson was saying, on the banks of the Olentangy. It's uh, number two, Ohio State and third ranked Michigan. Joining us now, our friend coming back to the show is Kevin Noon of BuckeyeHuddle.com. Uh, always does great stuff, has fantastic insight. So, you know, with this game, we had this guy penciled in like three weeks ago. We got to have him for this weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Hey, Kevin, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, first off, we were talking before that, that you know, it feels like Ryan Day is on a mission to simply destroy every team. Not quite a destruction of Maryland, though you do get the win um, in good fashion. But again, this is the game that he, he wanted. I mean, how much hype and excitement and even pressure is there in Columbus this week? Well, there's a ton of pressure. I mean, you got to remember Ohio State and Michigan did not play in 2020. So they lose in 21. They don't play in 20. So we're all the way back to 19 is the last time that Ohio State's beaten them. If they fall in 22, I mean, you're getting to the point where a good portion of your roster's never beaten Michigan. 23 is going to be in Ann Arbor. Uh, you know, Ohio State's not going to have C.J. Stroud's not going to have a lot of guys that helped get them to this point. So, I mean, it could be a major tipping point. So there's a lot of pressure. I mean, even under the best of circumstances, there is a ton of pressure on an Ohio State coach to win this game. I mean, that goes back to Woody Hayes. That goes back to Francis Schmidt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then you add to it, both teams are 11-0. There is a trip to Indianapolis and a chance to play the Big Ten West in the Big Ten Championship game, a playoff berth. All of that is in, in play. So the pressure is just monumental at this point. And I had the opportunity to, to cover Ohio State's uh, Football Media Day on Tuesday. I had the chance to cover Michigan's on Monday up in Ann Arbor. 
And it just felt like there was a, a very different tone. And it was a lot more, I don't want to say serious, because that makes it sound like they're not taking it seriously in Ann Arbor. And that's not the case. But a lot more urgent tone in Columbus. Well, you know, Michigan coming off the college football playoff and winning last year, I think maybe there's a little bit of uh, deep breath of winning that game. But I, I wonder about the Buckeyes. Um, it, what has been the concern they've had? You know, didn't have a great game against uh, Northwestern and, and didn't have a great game against Maryland two out of the last three weeks. But I guess, you know, Michigan's had some struggles as well. What What's going on? Is it Are these teams, were they just looking ahead to see each other and just kind of waiting for that game? Well, we got to remember the Northwestern game was pretty crummy weather conditions. I know that at Memorial Stadium there, it's built like a wind tunnel, but you sit there and you go to Evanston and that little high school stadium they have there, the wind was ripping through it. And it was, it was, it was gross. I mean, they were staying up in Cook County that they were, that they recorded a gust of 80 miles an hour. Um, you know, I think we go in and, and the teams are looking forward to the big rivalry game and they do look past some some things. And that's not taking anything away from Ohio State playing Maryland or Michigan playing Illinois. Uh, it's just it's just a matter of fact that you build up and you build up. And if you're going to achieve your goals, you've got to be in 11 or no going into this game against your your hated rivals. So uh, and, and it's just been a weird year. I mean, let's remember last week. Number one played a close game, one by ten. Number two had to sit there and and really, you know, really only ended up winning by a couple of points. They got a they got that late defensive touchdown. Number three had to kick a field goal to win. Number four had to kick a field goal to win. Number five got shellacked by South Carolina. It's just a matter of it's a long college football season, and you know I hate using the cliche. It's so difficult to get your team up and motivated every week. You should be up and motivated. You only get so many games, but. There's there is a good measure of truth to it. And I think it was just a case of everybody's looking forward to the next week and looking forward to what may lay beyond that. And uh, teams play them tough. Is this a game that could be decided in the first quarter with Michigan trying to physically, you know, hit Ohio State in the mouth to get them to back off like last year and Ohio State feeling like if they can jump out to a lead, Michigan can't catch them? I think that's a very good point. I think that, and that's true in both cases. I think Michigan is going to want to show that it's physical, more physical than Ohio State. And I had the opportunity to ask Jim Harbaugh about some comments that came out of Ann Arbor about Ohio State's toughness being called into question. He was quick to say, oh, I didn't say that. No, it was Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, who has moved on. And some other players chimed in and said, you know, similar things at that point. But, I mean, Ohio State has taken that very, very personally at that point. So Michigan's going to try and punch them in the mouth. If you don't have Blake Corum or you have a greatly diminished Blake Corum, how well are you going to be able to do that? Remember, Donovan Edwards hasn't played for a couple weeks. Donovan Edwards is not as physical of a back as Blake Corum is. But, you know, there's a very real possibility that their top two backs are both quite injured at this point. And even if they do play maybe at 50% or 60%. And then on the flip side, Ohio State absolutely wants to get out and get into a situation where it puts up a couple of quick scores and Michigan has to kind of get away from what it likes to do. And J.J. McCarthy has to get out there and and have a downfield passing attack. And that's something he's not proven all year. Um, You know, even with Ronnie Bell coming back this year from last year's injuries and everything else, they lose tight end Eric All. They haven't had Luke Schoonmaker uh, for a couple of weeks at tight end. Sounds like he may be back this week, but uh, I like Ohio State's chances of Michigan has to throw early and often. Sounds like you're uh, 
my final question, uh, you feel the Buckeyes come on, come out on top on this one. Well, I do. And <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's still early enough in the week that I, I mean, I keep kind of bouncing around on my score. I finally had, a, I did a show on a Tuesday afternoon and they were like, put your feet to the fire. You have to give us a score. I'm like, or I could hang up, but I, I did give them a score. <laughs> and, um, and I, I like Ohio state to win a game that's on the closest, closest side, because I think that Michigan's offense, even with some diminished parts is still going to be able to do some things that just, fly in the face of what Ohio State's good at stopping. And on the other hand, I think Ohio State is going to have more success than what we saw last year. Let's not forget, C.J. Stroud threw for nearly 400 yards. But when it's all said and done, I like Ohio State to cover by a little something in the 35-24 range. BuckeyeHuddle.com is a place to uh, get all of your expertise. Kevin Noon, as always, friend of the show. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, Hey, rest up because it's a a big weekend. And uh, enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin Noon of BuckeyeHuddle.com here on Big Sports Radio. Quick timeout right now, and uh, let's we'll just, uh, see a little mishmash. Just see what we can. We'll dig in our bag of goodies and see what we can come up with. That's next on Big Sports Radio. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. Well, a uh, big story that uh, broke recently or that came to light recently, we should say. Um, the California region setting a December 14th date uh, to discuss UCLA's move to, um, to the Big Ten. Now, again, just to recap, if you haven't followed very closely, in late June, uh, UCLA, which belongs to the California region's system, and the private University of Southern California, USC, uh, both uh, jumped from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, effective July 1, 2024. That's the day after the Pac-12 media rights is up. Uh, but some of the California region says, wait a minute, because they're you know tied to Cal Berkeley. So, um, guys, interesting move that um, to see what happens if they vote against UCLA moving um, or they decide to embrace it. Yeah, Mike, yeah, you, I, have, Mike, you yeah. have a great point here. Read yeah, this. Well, I, I don't have a great point, but Dennis Dodd, friend of the show from CBS Sports, uh, on Twitter, he talked about being careful of what you wish for. It was strongly suggested to Dennis that if UCLA is forced to stay in the Pac-12, common sense move is for the Big Ten. They have to fulfill the media rights contract. And then the Big Ten would go get the likes of Oregon and Washington and maybe more and effects- effectively collapse the Pac-12. So wouldn't that be a fantastic move by the regents to inadvertently collapse the whole conference while not allowing uh, UCLA to join the conference that, that will be remaining? It only cost them a few million dollars. 
<laughs> right? I mean, this, I mean, <laughs> like 40, 50 million a year. Yeah. So no, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. So what would happen? So you know the Big Ten's going to fill something. So they're going to yep. go West Coast. So who are the teams? Well, Stanford's a, Stanford is private. Right. So Stanford could come. It fits the Big Ten great mold. Yep. And bringing Stanford in, there's some allure to then add this team that's just from uh, upper Indiana. I think they're, they have gold and green. What are they? <laughs> I've called? heard of them. I've heard no, of them. Notre Dame, right? Notre yes, Dame, yes, right? Yes, yes. Oregon, Washington. You start bringing those in, the other team's just missing out right then at that point, right? I mean, then you say the Big 12 takes those teams from the mid middle area that they were already negotiating with. Then you got those three California teams just sitting there going, wait, where do we go? <laughs> we can't join the Big 10? Why'd you take all the money away from us? Um, yeah, now we're stuck. We're going to have to be in the Mountain West. Yeah. Yippee. Well, and, and guys, something else. Hey, Cal might like that, by the way. <laughs> They're thinking, hey, we could do well in that conference. <laughs> well, that's the question I have, too, is in terms of Cal, there has been some buzz that Cal may be part of the next wave of Pac-12 teams to go to the Big Ten. Um, at the Big Ten, and I think Dennis Dodd wrote about this as well, maybe even said it here on the show, uh, if they do come up with a, another media partner, you know, an Amazon or that kind of thing, a streaming partner, if, it, if that does happen. Um, so the regents effectively could block not only UCLA, what if they also blocked Cal and kept them from going? And to your point, then it opens wide up. I think you're right. The Big Ten has to go somewhere to fill those slots. And the Pac-12 teams, um, we've heard plenty of reports that, that those other teams are willing to, to, to head east. That's crazy. I mean, it's just this is never going to end until they – I don't think it's ever going to end. I mean, it's gonna constantly until they kind of set this up and maybe there's like four like super conferences and they are three super conferences spread throughout the country and, 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 uh, you know, an East coast and a Southeast, and then the big 10 gets the rest. And then, uh, you know, this little big 12 that's left over here maybe, but I mean, it's just crazy when you think about how this is all playing out and, and I'll be honest with you, there's nobody who knows how it's going to end up shaking out. We have all, we all have our thoughts and we don't know for sure. We know, I I can tell you right now, the big 10 is going to get bigger. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you, you have to look to Kevin Warren, commissioner of the big 10 and his past history. So he's used to the NFL. He's used to divisions and you can bring in quite a few teams. You know, if you have 24 teams, if you have, you know, you keep them in multiples of six, you have 18 teams, you can have, uh, four team divisions, you know, depending on how you, it just depends on how many teams he brings in, but you can have four team divisions. You can have six team divisions and you can do a playoff and all sorts of things. And I tend to think he's looking at the NFL model with how he does his TV rights. I think we're going to see Amazon jump in and they've already proven that the NFL can get them big ratings. And I think they will use the big 10 to demonstrate just how effective college football and basketball can be to bring in big ratings. I agree with you. And I'll take it one step further. Not only has he seen what they can do in terms of bringing in the ratings, but remember the reason why the NFL TV media contracts are so lucrative is because it's the only thing on TV where you're guaranteed a captive audience for six hours. And we've discussed this before. You look at the, the, the big four, right? CBS, NBC, ABC, and Fox. You can, you can track their primetime popularity, their weekday primetime shows, to, depending on who had the NFL contracts. 
Yep. So, you know, uh, CBS loses their contract to the NFC contract to Fox. All of a sudden, all these Fox shows are huge, right? Then CBS gets NBC's AFC and then CBS goes up and NBC's goes into the toilet. I mean, that's part of it as well. So not only that's why they're so lucrative. It's not only for the games, but you get a chance to promote all these other shows on your network or on your streaming site or whatever the case is. So you're exactly right. I still think it's going to take a long time. I think it'll be, you know, as much as 10 to 12 years, you will eventually see a 24 team, um, big 10, 24 team sec. I think further expansion eventually for the big 12. And I think that to your point, you'll see four divisions in the big 10 and there'll be a six team West division made up exclusively of former PAC 12 schools. That's, that's my take. We will see. I think that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, none of us know, but I, I think you, you, we all, all three of us do agree, but we've agreed from the beginning that the big 10 is not going to stop with USC and, and UCLA. There's yeah. more to come. The question is who and when and at how much, um, but it's the, the, the wheels are in motion, even though we can't see them moving uh, under the curtain. It's, it's ironic that the, that the board of regents could actually be the people who speed up the end right. <laughs> of the PAC 12. And then I think we just have to wait to see what happens to the ACC and that will largely dictate the final form of, of this. Exactly. Exactly. Now back to the studio and the guys from big sports radio. Hour number two, Big Sports Radio, Larry Smith, Mike Kangley, Brad Sturdy. And uh, you know who my friend is? Uh, it's Google. Um, yes, <laughs> we go way back. You know, so at the beginning of last hour, we were talking about uh, Michigan Stadium and, um, you know, the, the former coach, uh, Fritz Chrysler, who now is fifth all-time in wins uh, because Jim Harbaugh passed him last week with a win over Illinois. And uh, that conversation began to that their basketball arena is named after Chrysler. And Brad asked the obvious question, why would you name a basketball facility after a football coach? Well, uh, we went and Googled it. And uh, what we didn't know um, that we learned today, uh, I learning, um, is that he was the athletic director actually from 1941 to 1968. Um, and they actually built the building um, during his tenure um, in 1967, right before he retired. And then they named after him. Now, in case you're wondering what Stephen Stranger, because he was an athletic director, so we got that part. Here's what Stranger is, if you're not a Michigan basketball fan, you didn't know this, where Michigan basketball played before Chrysler Center was Yost Fieldhouse, also named after a football coach, Fielding Yost. So it's just what they do. So basically, we could have the Schimbeckler Center coming up next time they build a basketball facility. Yeah, or like you said, the, the Harbaugh Tennis Facility. The Harbaugh yeah. Tennis Facility. Harbaugh's Harem. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, hey, we're talking yeah. about basketball, and what a great way to segue into the Michigan Wolverines. Um, guys, That really they've really struggled here in the early seasons. We talked last week, um, did not look good at all in Brooklyn as uh, they got run out of the gym by Arizona State. and then. Uh, Sunday night, they needed overtime to get past Ohio, and now they're out of the rankings. Yeah, you know, it's kind of they've been kind of disappointing. Start. I know I got some young guys. I'm I'm very high on uh, you know the Jet Howard. He's really good uh, player for for Michigan. I'm very high on the freshman. Um, you know, Hunter Dickens is obviously a really good player, but you know, at the end of the day, they need better guard play. 
Um, they're going to have to get more out of those guards if they want to be successful. The Arizona State game, to be honest, that was a shocking result. Not that they lost necessarily, but they just got they just got pummeled. Um, very had to be a humbling experience because Hunter Dickinson, of course, before the game, was talking smack like we're going to get a win, you know, blah blah, blah for the game. But you know, Hunter. He's great for college basketball, by the way, because I love that he actually sells what he says what he thinks. So, um, but yeah, they also and, and you look at what they have coming up next week. Number five, Virginia. Um, so nothing, not going to be easy for the Wolverines moving forward. Yeah, and and I do think looking at the the, the top twenty five, you know, um, the Big Ten's well represented. I personally think I've been most surprised by Michigan State. Um, they have really uh, been much further along than I anticipated this early in the season. And uh, just a tribute to Coach Izzo, who Big Ten fans across the conference who aren't from Michigan State try to say that he's done every year. And then he comes back with yet another team and proves to everybody that he's not done. He's still the man. Well, it's funny. I heard some talk among fans this week saying that Tom Izzo's strategy against Kentucky is what Mark Few used a few nights later to uh, route the Wildcats out in Spokane. So, um, you know, Izzo does what Izzo does, right? I mean, doesn't matter who he's got or where you rank him, where you put him. Um, he's one of those guys that just, he just does it. And yep. like him or not, I, I love Tom Izzo. I mean, I know people don't like him and, and uh, you know, I'll get hate mail because of that. But and he'll play anybody too. Yeah. Like they, they, their, their schedule is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So it just doesn't matter. I mean, I remember one year, 2009, uh, when they reached the final four and, um, went to the title game and, and lost to, to uh, North Carolina, they were a two seed, but they played 20 top 50 games that season, which was like almost double the next guy. I mean, it was insane out of, out of two thirds of your games were played against the top 50 rated teams in the in the nation that's insane yeah he, he's amazing yeah it's a challenge man love the challenge that's how you get better at the end that's why his team seemed to peak at the end of the year too yeah yeah and this is why uh so michigan state making the big jump uh this week in the ap poll from unranked all the way to 12th one slot behind indiana um you know the hoosiers again one of those teams that you know we need to kind of see um what they're made of and what they you know getting into the season but uh against some cupcakes in the first couple of weeks they look pretty good yeah, they'll, they'll get their test against North Carolina um, next week. You know, they, they host uh, the Tar Heels and um, as part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And, you know, they honestly, the, the only team they played that's really been a solid team is is uh, Xavier. And so, uh, you know, they eked out a win there. So, But they've got – not only do they have them coming up, they've also got Arizona and at Kansas. So we're going to find out more about the Hoosiers in the coming weeks as well. You know, and I give them credit, Mike. I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to jump in and say something. I give them credit for scheduling like that. Uh, I know North Carolina, that's kind of, you know, a big uh, ESPN, ACC, Big Ten Challenge thing. But to go out and, and schedule Arizona um, and Kansas at Kansas, at the fog, um, right after exams, uh, that's, I'm, I'm impressed by that. You know, I've been impressed by, I know they've only played one really tough team, but I thought Maryland uh, played quite well against Miami. I did not expect it to be that easy of a game. Dante Scott um, has been very good early in the season. And of course they'll be playing. Normally I would say they're going to play Louisville, but that really doesn't matter this year. Um, but obviously they've got games coming up. They've got quite a game in the next few weeks. They play Illinois, then Wisconsin and Tennessee. 
But the Maryland team, I think, is much ahead of schedule from where I thought they would be right now. Yeah, that Maryland team, one of three Big Ten teams entering the polls this week. Uh, Maryland coming in at number 23 in the AP, uh, Purdue 24, Iowa 25. Uh, Purdue and Iowa both um, entering the week uh, undefeated. You mentioned Illinois in that game in College Park coming up next Friday on December 2nd is the first Big Ten uh, conference game overall in the entire conference. It's that game. That's a 9 p.m. tip-off that night. I believe it's an FS1. I think FS1 has the Friday night contracts. Uh, but uh, but I'll be at that game as well to watch, uh, get a look at the Terrapins and the Illini uh, up close in that one. Speaking of Illinois, um, big weekend uh, last week, the shocking win to knock off UCLA and, uh, and then the loss um, against Virginia. Yeah, the Illini looked really good in the second half against UCLA, turned a 15-point deficit into a, you know, what at one point was a double-digit lead and one by nine. I So this is the kind of game that you, uh, man, I, I this is the kind of team that really could make noise at the end of the year. They, uh, they did lose to Virginia, but they are athletic. They are fast. They get up and down, and they're extremely young. So once they these young guys start clicking, uh, this could be a really, really um, a team that could make a run at the end, a really, really dangerous team, um, both in the Big Ten and the NCAAs. They also have a, a really tough test. You know, we mentioned, you know, their game at Maryland, but they then right after that, they go to Madison Square Garden and take on Texas. Oh. So they, they're challenging themselves a little bit too. Yeah, you're going to see that. It, what's great is the Big Ten teams really do uh, do an excellent job of, of putting – you know, some talent out there and then going and finding teams to play. Um, I was also kind of, uh, I wasn't surprised, but nobody's really said much about Purdue, but it's your typical Purdue team that's going to have a lot of size. Um, they're, they're fundamentally solid. They play great defense. Um, I, you know, I, again, there's a team that a lot of people have kind of written off before the season ever starts. And Zach Eady, I know it's a new era of basketball, but he's just a mismatch with pretty much anybody in the country now that Kofi Coburn is out of the Big Ten. Yeah, you have a six-inch height advantage <laughs> in every center he faces in the Big Ten. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, stay with us here. Much more to come. This is Big Sports Radio. Hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving weekend. Well, the team that we uh, haven't talked much about, so we spent so much time already, deservedly so, on Michigan and Ohio State, is the team that w- the winner of that game could face next week in Indianapolis, Iowa. And as much as we've made fun of the Hawkeyes, that they're in prime position, they control their own destiny, uh, taking on Nebraska on Saturday. And uh, here's uh, Coach Ferentz talking about uh, his team uh, in, in position to win the division. These guys are all college students, and they, they probably follow football more than I do, quite frankly, with the outside world. Uh, but I, th- I think we all know, you know, what's what's at stake, what's possible and all that. But, yeah, my encouragement has been to them just, you know, we, we got to focus on this week purely. That's really all it's about. And that was really our attitude five weeks ago. You know, pretty much that was the, the goal. We had five games, five weeks, excuse me, five games. And one of the points I made to him, you can do anything for five weeks. It's not like, you know, so just let's let's make sure we're really focused on what we need to. Uh, now we're down to four days, really. So, you know, that that's all that counts. And uh, I do know this, if if going back to the first one after uh, coming out of Columbus, you know, if we hadn't won that one, 
being in this position right now wouldn't be possible. So just try to explain it to him, like, that game was really important, too. Just like this one on Friday is important, and I don't think any's more important than the other in, in the big picture. So if you take care of what you're supposed to take care of, you might might be fortunate enough to be in a good position. And, uh, you know, we find ourselves there now. The worst thing we can do is start thinking about things on the outside, uh, you know, other stuff, and we just got to worry about getting ready for a tough opponent. Kirk, it seems like when these two teams, when you guys get together with Nebraska, throw out the records. Last four years, I think it's been a single possession. Yeah. Is this something you've emphasized uh, oh, to your team? It's, it's it's like five points a win last four years. So, um, and and most of them have gone right down to the wire, and that that's what you have to expect. That that's how I look at it. And I mean, typically nothing's easy for us. That's kind of the way of life. So you know, it's just a way to find find a way to win at the end. And um, yeah, we're expecting this to be a real tough game. I mean, they've got some good players. How would you evaluate offensive coordinator last four weeks? It seems like there's a lot less complaining out there um, yeah. <laughs> in the world. But, but, I mean, like making the most of what you've got, essentially? Or, I, mean, what, I guess, what positive have you seen? Yeah, I'll wait for a little stuff till maybe the season's over. But um, I think the big thing is, you know, we've gotten better as a team, you know, with each week. And, um, you know, talk, we've talked a lot about the line. You know, the line had a setback two weeks ago, yet they bounced back last week and, and really competed hard and competed pretty well. So, you know, I, I think I just kind of look at the whole picture. You know, coordinators are important. I'm not minimizing them in any any of the three phases. But it still gets down to players, you know, doing things that they're able to do. And, you know, that that's kind of you got to be realistic about who you have and wh- what their experience levels are and things like that. And uh, those are the things I'm always thinking about before I, you know, formulate an opinion about something and um, you know ultimately it's about finding a way to win and, and we've been able to do that the last four weeks hopefully we can do it for five on that note on the old line do you expect the same five starters then even though both stevens is back or it'll be a rotation yeah no okay i was gonna say remind me who started last week but uh yeah okay so yeah i think i'll be the same and uh it'll be good just get them back you know for depth purposes did anybody else think it was odd that he talked about the game against ohio state didn't they lose 54 to 10 <laughs> what did what it was it, was it I mean we can do better next time we're like gonna lose 44 to 14 I mean like I I just don't know I thought that was a weird comment I but I was just the one thing about Kirk Ferentz here is they've, they've just won and they find a way to win hasn't always been pretty in fact it's been ugly a lot but they're they they've won four in a row and they're trying to win a fifth in a row and win the Big Ten West well and, and you just have to wonder you know coach Ferentz he must be so frustrated and tired of fans who don't believe in him. And yet somehow, again, the Iowa program, okay, so they haven't won a national title in his tenure, but but the bottom line is is they rise up and have, you know, been one of two programs to dominate the West. It's hard to complain about the results that he puts up year in, year out. Yeah, it really is. Um, but Meal on the other side, there's been lots of complaint about um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> the coaching change. Um, Scott Frost gone. I guess Mickey Joseph has brought some stability in there, but still just a lot of question marks right now with this uh, Huskers team. And the big one right now is can they muster up enough um, offense against this um, top 10 ranked Iowa defense uh, to get the upset? Here's Coach Joseph. We got one mission left. One game. And I, I expect and I know our boys to come out and give full effort this last game. A lot of pride. Last last game playing with some of their brothers. So I expect them to come out and play tough and be resilient through the whole game. What jumps out to you about what makes that 
defense so effective? Well, if you look at their defense, if you look at the, the starting 22, there's not one transfer in there. So they all have been raised through the program. What, I, what I've been saying in these press conference, you got to keep them in a program. That coach has kept them in a program. So those kids been in the system three years, four years, five years, and they hadn't changed their system. So that's why it makes a good defense because they don't make mistakes. They line up right and they don't, they just, they don't bust coverages. They don't miss gaps. They don't make mistakes. I'm going to be on my couch until I get a phone call. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be on my couch. I mean, I'm going to coach them up until Friday. Then Saturday, I'm going to spend all day with the family. Then Sunday, I'll probably come in here and get some things done. But until I hear anything, you know, I, everybody's going to kind of just take some time away. What has the last two and a half months you just mentioned you had the opportunity to be the head coach? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just the, the most enjoyable thing is the kids and the coaches and just the joy of being coming back to Lincoln, coming back to the University of Nebraska and having this opportunity to lead this program. And I think the toughest thing is that we hadn't been able to get it done and, and finish the way I wanted with, with wins. That's been the toughest thing. But it, but I wouldn't trade these memories for anything right now. You know, I'm sure the kids feel the same way right now. We really we really connected. I learned to stay off of Twitter. It's <laughs> the first thing you learn, okay? Second thing I learned, you know, that you you have to adapt to the conference. And, and you, you, your team's got to kind of look like the team that you play every week. And you have to um, surround yourself with people that understand or see it through your eyes and see it from the balcony and not the basement. You understand what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's not hard, but um, just learning things like that and learning the ups and downs of a head coach. You know, everybody say when your head coach is lonely. Well, I really don't get lonely because everybody wants to, everybody's tugging at you. So you really don't get lonely. You're lonely because you want to be lonely. You know, and I'm not that type of person. And I was able to do it my way. I was able to keep it real. Not one time did I say, next question to you guys. Not that I'm being respectful to you guys. So, and that's the way I was raised. And that's where I've always been. So, I really enjoyed this. Some of these dudes on Twitter, <laughs> they should worry about their own jobs. <laughs> not my job. Not my job, because they're not going to make any decisions. But it's funny. Some of the things they say, and it was best that when I took over, everybody said, oh, stay off of Twitter. That's my brother, Vance, told me the first thing, hey, shut social media down. Stay off it. And he, I don't think he ever had it, you know. So well, it was cool. I'm going to tell you, Larry, the answer to that is no. Um, they can't. So, <laughs> but I will say it was interesting to see him. He, uh, he's not on, you know, got off Twitter and, and he said that, he said some of the people that complain about Nebraska football should stay off Twitter too and worry about their own jobs. Probably not the way to get the job long-term. I'm guessing that the, these guys that pay thousand dollars. Now, you know, what's funny is, you know, the great coaches will make some side marks occasionally about social media, but they also know that those are the people who, who pay their salary. And the fact that you have crazy fans who are nuts, are why your program is successful, to be honest. And that's one of the keys. So you got to kind of embrace it and take it with grain of salt and, and, and move on. Yeah, I, I really think it's going to be interesting, you know, what, what that program does because, you know, a Nebraska fans um, are used to winning titles, but that's 30 years ago now or 20, 
25 plus, it's like being a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, <laughs> your team hasn't been relevant in the in the championship for a long time. And trust me, I, I'm a Cowboy fan. It's painful. So uh, this next coach hire is critical because coaches are determined that that's who determines if you win or not in college football and basketball. You realize how dominant back in the nineties, Nebraska was for that stretch from like night. I mean, it was insane. I was just looking back at this. They were so good every year, 13 and 12 and one national championship, three out of like five years or something like that. Yeah, it, It took Barry Switzer to retire and then a few of those recruits that would normally go to Oklahoma went to Nebraska and bada boom, bada bing. Nebraska was great. <laughs> Nebraska two and six in conference play three and eight. And they know that uh, when to lose their season ends here. And then the question again, uh, what happens with coach Joseph? He brings a five game losing streak, uh, only a Northwestern's uh, 10 game losing streak. The team uh, that they lost to in Ireland back to start this whole crazy thing in week zero the only team with a longer losing streak than them in the Big Ten. This is Big Sports Radio. We'll talk about the other team in the West that uh, is poised to go to Indy, if Iowa should stumble, the Purdue Boilermakers. That's next. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053-800-613-8053-800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio. Right before the break, we were talking about uh, the other big game in the West that we are watching, Purdue and Indiana. Um, the, the Boilermakers are coming in. They are tied with Iowa and the oh, what might have been. They lost to the Hawkeyes earlier this month, and that loss at ross Aid Stadium has now put the Hawkeyes in the driver's seat, as we mentioned. Um, you know, we're recording this, uh, this show before the holiday to allow everyone to time off with their families, and so uh, depending on if you're listening to this on a Saturday, uh, Iowa may have already won and they've made this point moot. But just in case they lose, uh, here's Coach Jeff Brom talking about thing on the uh, Indiana Hoosiers. Well, I think Aiden has uh, really gone above and beyond uh, to prove um, his worth. And he started at the bottom and worked his all the way up to the top. And that's not easy to do. You know, he took a lot of chances, a lot of risk uh, to get where he's at. Uh, he's put in a lot of hard work. He's been a great teammate. He's never complained. He continues to 
um, do what he can to help the team win. Um, and I just think that uh, it's a great story that uh, not many people will take that chance or that risk uh, because the the odds are stacked against you. And he did. And uh, he he achieved a lot of success with it. So very proud of him. And I think it comes from he's got a great family. Uh, he's well-grounded. And, uh, you know, he's a great example of a, a, a Purdue Boilermaker. Will we see Gus Hartwig the rest of the year? If not, who will snap the ball on Saturday in Bloomington? No, unfortunately, Gus uh, suffered a, a substantial injury. Uh, he'll be at a, a cast uh, on his low extremity for the next couple of weeks, and then he'll have surgery, and he'll be out for an extended period. Any update on Devin Mockaby? Devin, unfortunately, got dinged early in the game, and he's going through the protocol you have to go through. So I don't, I don't know what the uh, status of him will be come game time, but we'll hopefully see later in the week. You obviously feel good about Dylan and Kobe filling in if there's some reason Devin can't play. Well, both those guys have played a lot of football, Dylan and Kobe, and uh, they play hard, they work hard, different type of runners. Uh, so we got to make sure we – um, you know, call as many plays that we feel comfortable that they are uh, can have success with. Uh, but I think they'll work hard and they'll, um, you know, rise to the occasion and uh, be ready to go for us. Five years in this rivalry, what, did, what have you learned about this uh, in-state battle? Well, I think it's always a really good football game. And um, a lot of players on our team are from in-state, maybe not as many from Indiana, but there are some. So a lot of guys know each other. And uh, anytime you get to play against your buddies and people that you grew up with or played with or against, uh, you know, makes it more meaningful. And, of course, you know, our fans uh, are a big part of this. And, uh, you know, you always want to go out on the on a good note uh, with a win. But uh, in these type of games, you know, doesn't matter what your record is. Anybody can, can win a football game. I know – you know, the game we lost a couple of years ago, they had a really, really good, talented team. They were playing well. We were not playing so well, and it took them three overtimes to beat us. So, um, and that was at our stadium. So now we got to go to their stadium, and um, you know they're coming off a big win where they've made some adjustments and changes, and it sparked them to win. And I'm sure they'll have a few other things up their sleeves and be ready to go. Uh, so, you know, if we don't match that preparation intensity, then we'll be the ones uh, leaving uh, with a frown on our face. Yeah, coach doesn't really, uh, you know, they don't, doesn't really talk about this game or about the Big Ten title and how important this could be because, you know, obviously they don't control their own destiny here. But, but I thought it was interesting talking about their injuries. You know, a new center, um, running back possibly out. He's in injury protocol. This is not a Purdue team clearly at 100%. You got an Indiana team that really has is playing with nothing to lose. And and it's a rivalry game, so you know, Indiana coming off their win, you know, um against Michigan State, which kind of I think shocked everybody. I, I wasn't sure Indiana was going to win another game. And um so this rivalry game is going to be interesting um to see. I I do think that um you know, Purdue had this is not going to be as easy as, as it appears it is on paper. Yeah, especially, you know, Indiana, I don't, they were resurrected in the second half, you know, outscoring Michigan State 24 to seven. And then, and then, you know, in the second overtime, you know, scoring uh, to win that game. But, you know, I, I think this is going to be a heck of a, a heck of a uh, assignment for Purdue, um, who I, I really thought the start of the year was going to be 
um, the team to come out of the West. I thought they had the the schedule and and the passing game to do it, and it just hasn't all come together for Coach Brom. Yeah, this is true. Speaking of not coming together, the same could be said for Indiana and Coach Tom Allen. Um, four and seven right now. You mentioned they did get the big win over Michigan State, but uh, Coach Allen talking about uh, the opportunity that uh, stands before them and taking on their rival and trying to close out the season with a win. Couldn't have a better opportunity than to play in your, your rival game at home with a group of seniors that have come here to create change and have been a part of that change and want to finish off the right way and, and the chance to to uh, to win both of our uh, trophy games would be huge. So um, a lot of emotion there. And then the guys, like you mentioned, that have to make decisions, uh, we'll kind of do it like we usually do. They'll have a chance to hear from the NFL scouts and, and how they view them, get their evaluation from them, and then we'll sit down with their families and talk that decision through. Tom, the uh, transfer portal and college football, quote-unquote, free agency has changed everything so much that really your conversations next week are with your roster top to bottom and such. How much does it help, considering how tough these last couple of months have been, for all those guys to enjoy the euphoria of that win on the field and in the locker room and on the flight home and that, just to have a good taste back in their mouth after a yeah. rough couple of months? Yeah, like I said, I don't know that you can put a, uh, a value on it that would, you know, justifiably explain it um i think that uh uh yeah we are in a different era you know it's unlike anything i've ever experienced uh never thought it would ever become this you know when you first start coaching and probably even even five or six years ago never even thought about anything like this and so um you are everything you do is just really trying to find a way to um make sure the guys that are on your team understand um their role their value, uh, how we see them developing for their future. And you got to be constantly selling that. I mean, you didn't think about some of those things in regards to, yeah, you did it as a built-in part of what you do, but to have the conversations with guys to try and keep them, you know, before you're always meeting with them to try and map out the next step for them. Hey, what's the next few months going to look like when we, when we come back after the season's over? Now you're having conversations about convincing them to stay. And, and, and sometimes it may even be pretty blunt conversations. But at the same time, it, it, that can't just happen right then. There's been a lot of things that have built up to this. And, and you know it's been a hard season and guys get frustrated and everybody wants to win. And I want to win as much as anybody. And so, uh, But you just stay true to who you are. And uh, you want guys that want to be here, you know, and uh, now they have an opportunity to, to move around more than ever before. And so I still want to, doesn't change. You want to keep the right guys here, you know, and I want guys, like I said, that have the, the passion for this program and, and have the belief that we can, you know, do special things here together. And, and, uh, but yeah, you got to be proactive with it. I mean, we talk about all the time as a staff, you know, and it doesn't make you, I don't want it to make us hold guys less accountable. I don't want to ever change that. Uh, but you also got to make sure that they don't assume anything. They need to know how you feel about them. They need to know the plan for them. They need to know exactly how you see them being a part of our future. Because I think that's kind of what they want. That's what they want to be. And their families want to know that as well. So, yeah, it's definitely added a whole new dimension to everything that we do. And so now you used to think, hey, we're gonna, when the season finishes, you go out and recruit your, your class. So now you season ends, you do that, and you have to recruit your own, which is – whole new and it's never going to change it'll, it'll be this way from you know now moving forward yeah i, I think you know the, the, they're one year removed or one year before alan's on the hot seat again you know what i mean like i they had a great year back in you know you go back to 2019 then or um or 2020 rather and then you, you then you have 2021 where they, they don't win and it 
Big Ten game, right? And so then you come in this year and they're they're struggling. And um, you know, it's 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 been a struggle for them. But one thing I'll say, they've been pretty, you know, except against the elite teams. You talk about the a tough loss to Rutgers, a tough loss to Maryland. Um, they they've been fairly competitive in some of these games against the non-Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan teams. And they had to play those three teams, which, you know, that that's tough in that division when you got to play all three of those, the big heavies in the big 10. So they, um, you know, as they go through this, they, they have a chance against Purdue and this is a chance to make a statement. And it really would help them to get to five and seven going into the off season and their recruiting as they try and build this program. Yeah, I think it's, it's big. It's big for the recruiting, especially in the state of Indiana. Um, and, and I think, you know, Indiana fans have to think, you know, before you, throw out coach, uh, you better know who you're going to uh, get. You know, even this year, you take a look at the openings, you know, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Auburn. Um, it's not like Indiana football would be a top job that that everybody would be interested in jumping to. So Purdue and Indiana, uh, one of the big games uh, in the West that we are watching. And uh, Purdue, by the way, uh, as we talked earlier, they have already clinched a bowl berth and now trying to do so much more to close out the regular season here. Stay with us still to come. We'll talk about the Penn State, Michigan State game. And a bit later on uh, in the hour, the shock heard round the college basketball world this week. Did you hear it? We'll talk about it. That's still ahead on Big Sports Radio. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. More football here on Big Sports Radio. Larry, Mike, and Brad with you. Um, Michigan State taking on number 11, Penn State. Big game for the Spartans here. Uh, they're five and six, and, and they've got to get a win to become bowl eligible. Um, what a far cry from a year ago. And uh, that, that uh, very nice season, they got Mel Tucker, that very, very sweet contract extension. Uh, Coach Tucker talking about uh, the injury problems that this team has and trying to come together and get a win against a very good Nittany Lions team. You know, one of the challenges that we've had um, is that, you know, we have we don't hit. Uh, the only day that we have contact is that we hit with passes on game day. And it's been like that for the last three weeks because we don't have enough guys to practice and we don't have enough healthy bodies. You know, we're just trying to get guys to the game so that we have enough guys to be able to play in the game. And so uh, it shows up that lack of contact and full speed contact and hitting shows up mostly in the run game uh, as opposed to obviously the passing game. We're coming up with some ways to try to mitigate those those uh, circumstances. Two questions for you, Mel. First, you mentioned about the not having enough bodies. Do you have any update on the eight players availability this week? I don't. Don't have any updates. Uh, and secondly, I noticed when you when you did your intro, you didn't mention the word bowl or bowl eligibility. Is that intentional and why? Well, I think we all know know what's at stake and the players know that as well. Um, so I don't think there's any reason to continue to, you know, to harp on that because that's that's really talking about the end result. What we really need to focus on as a as a program, as with players and coaches is what we need to do, you know, every single day to prepare for that opportunity. And so I basically, when I'm talking uh, to you about those, it basically is how I'm talking to the team. Cause that's the mind, that's the mindset that we have. That'd be very, and um, very intentional with uh, you no know, words we use in the messaging. 
of what the players hear from me and hear from our staff. You know, semantic responsibility is is important, and you know what comes out of my mouth and you know how I say it and why I say it is it matters. And so our focus is on the process. We all know, you know, what's what's at stake in terms of bowl eligibility. I mean, that almost goes without saying. Um, so someone asked me on Saturday, like, uh, how, are you, how are we going to get the team back from this loss? Or it's like, well, they, have, they haven't gone anywhere. It's the same guys. It's the same team. You know, the, the difference between winning and losing is very slim. And when you look back at those games I just talked about, I mean, if we don't do certain things, we don't win those games. And we had an opportunity. To, we had opportunities to win this past game, and this time we it got to that point, and we didn't get it done. And it's a loss, you know. So you could call it collapse or whatever, but uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, there's very little difference between being able to win and being able to lose a game with with the, with these teams. And you look across college football. Um, and you look look at the scores this past weekend, and you look at the matchups, and like, what's the difference? You know. What is the difference? It's, you know, one play, you know, here or there. It's, uh, and it's a very unforgiving uh, business. It's a very unforgiving proposition. Yeah, this is a really, this has been a rough year for Michigan State. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but did you see that they talked, um, they had uh, Matt Ishbia, who is a um, big played walk-on basketball player for Coach Izzo. Um, back at Michigan State, he donated fourteen. He donated fourteen million of that ten-year, ninety-five million dollar contract extension that they gave Mel Tucker, um, and thirty-two million dollars overall cash, the largest cash donation um, uh, from an individual in Michigan State history. Wow. And so, so yeah, so Mel Tucker, he had that great year last year, got the got the money uh, with the large contract. Now you got to wonder, he's, he, that when you're making that kind of money. You, you got to win more than five games. So it's just that simple. Yeah. And they've been so hard to predict too. You know, you, you, some of the, some of the losses, you know, you, you don't expect them to get one sided by Minnesota. Um, Maryland came in and beat them, um, you know, and then, you know, the typical, you know, Michigan loss, and then they somehow play well, beat Illinois and then Indiana beats them. I, I, I this is one of, <laughs> The lack of consistency is maddening, and it also is a good reason why I very rarely ever wager on sports. <laughs> is that the reason why? Yeah, yeah. trust me. I hate losing money. And <laughs> how do you know how to bet on this team? That's right. That's right. Yeah, this is true. Uh, well, they took on Penn State in, uh, 11th in the AP poll. Uh, and again, the Nittany Lions, the great unfortunate of being assigned to the East Division, so uh, always chasing Michigan and Ohio State this year is uh, the same uh, nice uh, milestone for coach Franklin last week as he got his 100th career win the Lions uh, beat Rutgers uh, 27th active coach in the FBS level uh, to do that and so uh, here goes uh, coach Franklin trying to build onto this now and um, again taking on this uh, Spartans team um, you know again it's boy this is just really tough I think for, for the Nittany Lions it's a team that came out uh, week one went into Purdue, had to rally in the fourth quarter to get a hard-fought win. Um, very good season, big win over Auburn, but again, you lose to the big two, and uh, here you are just settling for third place again in the in the East. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that you go 10 and 2 and you really don't see an opportunity to get to 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 just because of who's on your schedule year in and year out. It makes it tough. Um, but yeah, James Franklin, by the way, isn't he the first African American football coach in the, at this F, at the FBS uh, level to win 100 games? Is that correct? That sounds right. I don't know any walls. I think his, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, grambling, but I mean, you know, I, I think that at, the, at this level, I think he's the first one. So, yeah, I think he's done a good job there at Penn State. You know, they're not the Penn State uh, that was there when Paterno, maybe that's a good thing, you know, <laughs> but, but, uh, but they're not. Yeah. So, but they are, uh, that, but yeah, still a, a great run by him. By the way, I got to give you some trivia. We've got to go call back here. Okay. You know what? Michigan State's going to name their new, $30 million football facility. Chrysler Arena. No, the Izzo Center. Oh, really? <laughs> the Izzo Center. So they're naming their football facility after a basketball coach. And it wasn't even What's wrong with these Michigan? What's <laughs> wrong know, with these Michigan schools? He's never been AD. You can't, you can't even blame can't that. Do that. Can you do that? I mean, they do. Now, there will, there are some other fans in the Big Ten who will say that Michigan State basketball does play football. Oh, um, but so maybe that's it. He does use the pads occasionally. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to follow that type of uh, informational drop. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will say, Penn State. It's it's interesting. You know, you've got a guy, it, and if Coach Franklin, I mean, does he look at the um, landscape in front of him and then start thinking maybe? you know, over the course of the next few years, maybe there's another job that I could get that I had, that it wouldn't have Ohio state and Michigan in front of me um, to get to a big bowl, you know, or to get to the CFP. I don't know if he thinks that way, or maybe, you know, he's probably smart enough to go, Hey, you go 10 and two, that's a great season. Um, but I, I just sometimes wonder what these coaches do when they're, they're stuck behind, you know, back in the day, Alabama and LSU or Georgia and Florida. Um, do they have entertained thoughts of maybe there's another program I could go coach that would allow me to make another step closer to the CFP? They do what all these coaches do. They go buy a million-dollar summer home out in suburban Atlanta and play golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Middles Plantation, you, 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 you will see a major D1 golf coach at any time playing golf out there. During the spring, I'm and I'm not kidding. I mean, dead serious. Franklin Franklin strikes me as a guy who would be a very good fit for the NFL as well. Yeah, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I could see a, a NFL team bringing him in and him doing a really good yeah. job. Quick time out right here. The big shocker still on the way, but much more to come on Big Sports Radio. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. Lots going on this weekend other than football. Indiana men's soccer team facing Marshall in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the lone Big Ten team left in the field. The Hoosiers mark eight consecutive years that they've advanced 
to the Sweet 16. And the other clash of titans in volleyball. Defending NCAA champion Wisconsin goes into rival Nebraska for a Saturday night showdown with the conference title on the line. The Badgers take their 16-match win streak and one-match lead over the Huskers in Lincoln. Wisconsin coach Kelly Sheffield says his squad is up for the challenge. It's a program that I've respected, that we've respected for my goodness as long as I've been in this profession, you know, looking at how they, they go about things, how, uh, how they train, how uh, they run a program, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, the interaction with her fan bases and, and, and everything. There's been a lot of things that we've, we've, we've taken from, from them, or we've, we've tried to model after a little bit. So there's, there's tremendous respect toward them. I, I would, I would guess that that would be mutual. I mean, as we've kind of have, have moved up a little bit. Um, um, but you know, when you've got programs that have been consistently really good, which both of these programs have been over a long period of time it, that you find yourself in, in really uh, big matches at the end of the season. And, um, you know, it's it's what competitors want to be in. You want to be in these types of matches. You want to be in these types of environments. I'm sure, I'm sure their their arena will be as loud as it's ever been. And uh, you know, our players embrace that. I mean, it's just awesome. You know, when you're in college environments that are just uh, loud and and uh, energized and a lot on a lot on the line, and you get to test yourself. And so. Um, uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, 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 it's gotta be cool for these athletes to be a part of matches like this. Right. How typical is this team in terms of the variety of people that seem to be stepping up from, from that match to match. And, you know, as a coach, like going into matches, do you, do you feel, have a gut feeling like, Hey, this might be Devis night just based off of the matchups or this, this could be serious. And I guess I'm wondering how much, are things surprising you as they unfold in terms of who's having the hot hand? This team has, man, I, I this team has really come together this year. I, I hope people, I'm sure they do. I'm sure tr- true fans kind of uh, are are kind of seeing how this team has come together. It's been it's been a different person about every night, and um, you, you know at any. At any time, it can be somebody's uh, moment, and uh, you know. And I think this team has really handled adversity that is coming from a lot of different areas. They've grown. I mean, we graduated so much talent, and this team has really had to grow up over the course of the season. The leadership and and how they've kind of you know the roles that have changed and the positions that have changed, and, and the fact that you know we sit here with uh, with an opportunity to win a Big Ten title, only have lost one one matchup to this point um i think has been a real tribute to to these guys and their toughness and their and and how they've they how they've grown and if that isn't enough wisconsin hobbs a post-match plane and flies from lincoln to columbus basically overnight uh to uh, close out the regular season with the sunday match versus third place ohio state top 10 thrilling weekend 
in the Big Ten. We're back with more after this. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160 That's 800-390-5160 Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio Well, um, the NCAA announcing its future Final Four sites and for the first time ever Vegas baby is on the list uh, 2027 through 2030 uh, being on there. Uh, Detroit gets it in 2027, Las Vegas in 2028, and then Indy and then the Cowboy Stadium down in suburban Dallas. Um, Brad Sturdy, of course, just got back from Vegas uh, last weekend. I think he's already right now. Is looks are, are you are you are you really online looking up hotel reservations for 20? Yeah, I've already I already have my flight and hotel booked. I'm just saying um, for 2028 <laughs> during the show. I was like, wait, what? We got this information. Oh, let's go. No, it's exciting, man. First time it's ever been in Las Vegas. Um, you Hopefully they have water by then. But, you know, overall, I think it's, <laughs> it's a little, that's a lot of Gatorade, Gatorade will handle it. Yeah, Gatorade, a little Gatorade. But no, it's I, I tell you what, it's fantastic to see it be there. For anyone who's ever been to the NCAA tournament, too, in Vegas. So now I wonder, though. Will it have an impact on all the people that go the first? Because, you know, that's a huge thing is to go the first weekend of the NCAA tournament and go to Las Vegas. Well, then you got to go back two weeks later. I guess I'll have to do that, Larry. I'll have to make the double there, go the first weekend, and then to the final four. Uh, I'll I'll make the sacrifice. I I think we all just we just camp out. Why leave? Yeah. Leave the middle week. (laughs) You know, this is why when people think of great American heroes, they think of Brad Sturdy. Because he's willing to spend that time in Vegas covering basketball or just doing whatever he does in Vegas that we can't talk about, whatever well, that is. You know, maybe I'll see a show. Maybe I'll go out. Maybe I'll do some gambling. Maybe I'll, there's there's a little there's a few things you can do in Vegas to kill your time. Sturdy at thunder down under. <laughs> you, can lose, you can lose yourself. And that's why there are no clocks. <laughs> that is true. That's, yeah, which I always laugh when you would hear, you know, Dennis Rodman was seen at 4 a.m. at Las Vegas. I'm like, so were 20,000 other people. Like, it's, well, I, I love how they, they pump the extra oxygen into the casinos because yeah. it's like 4 in the morning and you think it's 8 p.m. <laughs> I go. feel great. I feel great. You go back to your room and it's like 5.15. You're like, 5.15? I must why have gotten here. Right. Oh, oh, it's all the next day. <laughs> So, so we're going to, here's a funny story. Guys, we were playing out there. They used to have the masters, uh, like fastball, fast pitch softball tournaments out there in Las Vegas, 15 overs and 14 overs. And guys would be like, you know, play games at all hours. They're getting up. And they, just to tell your point, they got up to go to their eight o'clock AM game. And they find three of their guys are still at the casino blackjack bar to go to the, they're like, Oh, 
crap. I think I'm going to miss this one. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. We used to do sales meetings there all the time. And one, one time myself and a few other district managers get out of the car at like, I don't know, five in the morning. And the VP of sales is, is walking out and he's like, Hey guys, I'll see you at the six 30 meeting. We're like, there is no six 30 meeting. He goes, there is for you guys. <laughs> in case you're wondering, the next final four is in Houston. And that is the site of us. and very happy world series champions. The Astros are getting the largest postseason share ever $516,000 each and change. It's pretty good. Sturdy money. Hey, it's it's good work if you can get it, you know, for, uh, you know, six games. Uh, That's pretty good, right? I mean, I, you know, it's about one, you know, I have to work two or three radio shows to get that. So that's, it's, you know, it's (laughs) it's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, and and for those people who are Astros haters, which there is a, there is a sizable segment, this is just another reason to envy them. So they've won, they've won it, they've won it, you're worried about whatever they may have done, and now they get paid an exorbitant amount of money. Uh, meanwhile, a couple of uh, massive contracts as uh, Lance Leipold at Kansas and Mark Stoops at Kentucky, uh, the latest to join the mega contract deals. How about uh, Mark Stoops, who has made Kentucky football relevant? Let's just face it, 65 wins in 10 years, uh, extended through 2030 uh, at roughly $9 million a year. Wow. That's good, right? Good money if you can get it too. Yeah. Yeah. That shows that, but how about Kansas making an investment in their guy? Right. I mean, Leipold, they, they're also investing $300 million in their football facility, too, because they probably have the worst football facility of high majors. You know, th- them in Northwestern, Northwestern is going to upgrade theirs, too. So, um, yeah, these they're making commitments to when you get a guy who can win and bring your program to relevancy. Man, you got to make that commitment to keep them, because if you don't, they're going to go somewhere else. Well, and, and Stoops has brought a team from the verge of death and turned it into a contender. Um, Leipold, the only concern I would have is, you know, you don't want him to be the guy who in year two plummets. So you hope you've got, you hope you've got the right guy there. Um, uh, and, and, you know, you also would wonder, you know, will Illinois have some sort of extension for Bielma with the year he's had, there's several coaches that you just don't want to let get away with open positions that are out there right now. This is true. Leipold, 58 years old. Uh, he's led Kansas to its first bowl appearance since 2008. Uh, don't see the terms of his deal, uh, but it is through 2029. So, yeah, like you said a lot of money being spent out there and not on basketball in uh, Lawrence, Kansas. That does it for us here for Brad and for Mike on Larry. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you right back here. Same place, same time. Take care. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports LLC and Revision Sound. We'll be back next week on Big Sports Radio Network.